We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Thursday edition Oxford Exxon podcast here with you, Chase Parm, Neil McCready. We're going to go talk to Jeffrey Wright here in just a second. Jeffrey, um, 92.9 there in Memphis, joining us every single Thursday to talk Nils Picks, talk college football for the weekend. Nils Picks are up on the site at rebelgrove.com, you know, our uh, our online home by now. So uh, head on over there, see the funny captions, the great picks. I mean, we had a, we had an awesome week last week, so you really should just uh, lock in, get behind us, and, and ride that to victory. This you know weekend. you can fade us to victory. That's, that Definitely picks. could have faded Brian and maybe – You made some coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a, had a week there had you done that. So we'll get to Jeffrey in a second. Brian's already in crisis mode in week two. He's already – He was kind of like chasing games a little yeah. in week two. That's not a good sign as we start this thing off. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into games here in a minute. First, tell about the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Today's meatloaf Thursday. That's your lunch special. Uh, any, uh, bread, any size fountain drink there at the Oxford Exxon. So, uh, take advantage of that. If you, uh, if you have the opportunity to be coming into town this weekend, they can still help you out for your tailgate, ribs, call ahead. They'll have them wrapped up. They'll have them ready to go for you there with this Blue Sky location. And I guess other ones too, if you wanted to come by and, uh, Take advantage of those up and down I-55 and throughout South Mississippi as uh, as well. Um, we're coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle. No haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done. I would recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright about to join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Ben Mintz will join on said hotline this evening, and uh, callers will call in on said hotline yeah. this evening. The Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Coming up this weekend for the game. Um, you know, a lot of people be in the Grove. There is some talk about rain, that kind of thing. So if you need to get out of the rain, go grab a burger, a beer, whatever. Go to Rafters, check out some of the games, and uh, enjoy yourself. I know it turns into kind of the college scene later in the evening, but before that, it's a great place to stop and have a cocktail, appetizer, or whatnot at Rafters. Music and food on the square in Oxford, and also Rafters in New Albany. So I'll for, 
Go ahead. Uh, yeah, real quick. We'll go to Jeffrey in a second before I do that. I wanted to uh, mention that if you stop Bull Blue Sky, you can also go in and with any purchase at all, you can register to win a 2022 Ole Miss game football jersey. Seven games, seven jerseys available there at Blue Sky here in Oxford. So I got to do go in, buy anything, any purchase, sign up, and you might be one of the seven people to win an Ole Miss official game jersey this season. So, again, that's the Blue Sky here on uh, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Now we'll uh, – We'll go to Jeffrey Wright waiting on us uh, on the on the horn. I feel like we're doing a countdown to a rocket ship taking off. Well, and I'm I'm worried that he's waiting. With, I don't know which number he's. Is he one Good morning. Good morning, Jeffrey. How are you? Uh, I've been better. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright, 92.9 uh, ESPN in Memphis, the uh, host of the Gennato and Jeffrey show. At, uh, was it 2 o'clock each afternoon there in, in Memphis? I know you're the producer of the Jeff Calkins show. 2 to 4. 2 to 4. Uh, 2 to 4 Central. Uh, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Uh, you can sign up for the Odyssey app for free and we'll mine your data. Um, and you can always check out our podcast, the Gene Otto and Jeffrey show podcast. I called you last night cause I was checking on you. I was concerned. There was a shooting rampage in Memphis. We're going to get to football in a minute. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a full disclosure here. I cannot continue to just never acknowledge what's going on in the world around me and, and just do nothing but hardcore sports. I just can't do it. Chase is better at that than I am. Um, and I mean that as a compliment to chase not, not as an insult. Um, First, I know that you are kind of doing shows this week with a pretty heavy heart. You knew Liza Fletcher, the school teacher that was murdered last week, I guess about this time last week in uh, in Memphis. Uh, what can you tell us about her? Uh, I think the first place I would like to start is she was just sweet, just like the sweetest person. And, you know, she she had kind of like a, a quirky personality. Yet, despite that, she might have been like one of the most popular girls and well-liked girls that I knew. And, you know, what's been really heavy for me is, you know, she was the cousin of, you know, one of my groomsmen, one of of my best friends in the world. Uh, She was the cousin of his wife. And, you know, just watching what they've gone through and then watching kind of the coverage of the story. And I don't even necessarily mean really honestly the local coverage, but when I would read stories about billionaire heiress, like trying to make her into like Anna Delvey, man, it just really, really pissed me off because anyone that knew her knew she was far from that. She was a school teacher. You know, her husband worked retail. Like, if that's the heiress lifestyle, uh, <laughs> that's not the heiress lifestyle that I, I would like to sign up for. And so it, it was just horrific. And, you know, the other thing about it that made it so difficult is, you know, the, the conversation around everything around it was just just so maddening. And, you know, 
it quickly devolved into, you know, what it always does. It's the right making its pleas for, you know, the right making its pleas and then the left, you know, immediately arguing, well, you know, it's racist that we're, you know, that we're, that this story gets this coverage. It's like, shut up, just shut up. Like, you know, I, I first heard about her a little bit. Obviously, the story broke, and you don't know who the people are. And it's it's our job in journalism, I think, to do two things. It's our job to tell a story about who the people were. And it's also our job to talk about why something happened. And, and so anyway, I started hearing about who she was. As you know, my daughter Caroline's a sophomore at, at Arkansas, and a lot of her sorority sisters are from Memphis. There's a lot of Memphis kids that go to Arkansas, um, and a lot of them had either gone to that school or knew little people who went to that school, and what I kept hearing over and over was that she may have been the most popular teacher at that school, that little kids just loved her, and that during the pandemic, and we've seen some of these videos now, but that during the pandemic, she would get on Zoom calls or whatever with her little students and um sing with them sing yeah and just talk and check in with them and you know she had two boys and so i'm sure that it was her outlet to you know reach out to little girls but she would talk to them and she would show them their dog and she was just this very human person obviously and caroline's friends just were devastated last weekend um you know about what had happened and and obviously hoping for some miracle outcome and um it, 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 like you said, as, as everyone kept wanting to make this, you know, some fantastical, uh, you know, Dateline NBC story down the road, it was like, no, wait a minute, this is a this is a woman who who two little boys lost their mom, and and this school lost a beloved teacher. I mean, I'm not criticizing teachers who aren't beloved, but we all know there's a difference between the teacher that you never forget and the teacher that you can't remember. And she was the teacher that those little girls never forgot. She was in well, I mean, to your to your point, she was so Aaliyah's boss, her daughter was one of one of Liza's students. And I mean her her little daughter, I believe, has a stuffed animal named after Liza. Yeah. And, but I mean, like that, you know, that's kind of like the other thing about it. It's so, you know, I I am not someone that is, uh, for lack of a better term, dick riding the city of Memphis. With that being said, I'm 34. I live here, and so like, there's a reason for that. Like. I I went to college in California. I found my way back here. My mom and dad still live here. Both my brothers live here. My youngest brother found his way back here. So, you know, this isn't something of, hey, you know, we have to be here. We chose to be here. All of us did. And... I don't know. It's just been it's just been so disheartening because I really felt like heading into the pandemic. It's at least in my lifetime, I'm not saying it's I'm not enough of a historian of the city to know, you know, where it would stack up. 
But we had some real momentum. And I'm not even saying like, oh, well, that, you know, I'm, I was ignoring the bad. It really was true. We had real momentum as a city. And people that I had known that had been pretty realistic about the future of the city, it was the most optimistic that I had seen them be. And then the pandemic hit, and it's just like, you know, if we took a step forward, it was just like since the pandemic, it's just been backpedaling, and we're like backpedaling in man coverage. So you're about to go on the air in a little bit, 45 minutes or so, on the, some less than 12 hours after a uh, 19-year-old was apprehended and charged with, I don't know what he's been charged with, multiple murders at this point, I'm guessing, in a shooting spree last night in Memphis that had people shook up. I was calling everyone I knew, like, hey, is everybody okay? And, you know, I mean, that's terrifying, a, a shooter on the loose. I was, I was taping with uh, Pete DeWeese. I didn't know that was going on, and you and I were kind of exchanging emails, and you're like, hey, turn on Fox 13, and I did, and you see that, and what... How do you go about today on a day where you work at a sports station where people want you to talk about sports and yet the topic in your city is not sports today? I don't know. So one of one of my buddies is Ryan Glassbeagle uh, of the New York Post. And Ryan texted me and he's like, so how do you how do you talk about sports tomorrow? And it's this weird reality of. On the one hand, Mark and I have built our show around trying to be a sports show. Like he and I believe that in the end, we don't really, we're not informed enough. We don't have, we don't have enough information and we're not sophisticated enough to do the social commentary show. Like we have like. He and I have to do a sports show. Like that's that's if we're going to do a good show, that's what we have to do. But don't you kind of feel soulless today if you just try to go and sit there and go, "All right, Bills by two and a half. What do you think on the road?" Like, yeah, I think it's difficult. I, I think it's difficult it's, it's, to. It's, I've 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 really struggled. It, it's almost too like people just need somebody to talk to. They just need humans more than even commentary. You know what I mean? I mean, it's I mean, it's it, though. Don't you think that's kind of societal right now? Well, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like to me, like that's. I, I mean, the hell with an answer. Just be with somebody right now. I mean, we don't have all the answers. You and I aren't changing anything necessarily, but. No, I I, I don't yeah. I don't know if we're changing hearts and minds. Yeah, um, right. you know, I was telling I was talking to my mom this morning actually, and we were talking about one of the things that bothered me as a journalist. Okay, this is journalism. This is and Chase knows me really well. You do too, Jeffrey. Probably better than. You two probably know me better than, I don't know, there might be five people on earth that know me better than you guys. Um, there aren't many that don't have the last name McCrady. You know us better. <laughs> that's that's quite true. Um, we were talking about how one of the things that really bothered me, let me let me get through this. And we're going to get to football in a second, I promise. One of the things that really bothered me was people said, you know, man, she was crazy to go out and run at 4.30 in the morning. And I said, okay, I get it. But why? And they're like, well, it's dangerous. Okay, now we're going somewhere. Why? Well, because it's just not safe. Okay, but why? That's the story that's not getting, because it's hard to dig into that story. 
It is difficult to peel that onion to get into how to because the only way that you can ever make a place like that area where she got up and ran and look as a former distance runner I know that when you are training to run or when you just like to run 10 12 miles and I know people go that's insane but there are people out there that that 10 to 12 mile run is a drug okay it it just makes you feel good and she very clearly was an avid runner who loved to run she was a she was a state champion in the 300 hurdles yeah she was she was a phenomenal athlete she she loved to run so if you're going to get a two mile a 10 mile 12 mile run in it's gonna you got to plan for a couple hours and she had kids at home she had a job she that was her window of time to go run and I mean, obviously, I would have been like, honey, I wish you'd go to Snap or wherever and, and run on the treadmill um, with the doors locked. But she wanted to run outside. And so the whole thing about, well, yeah, is it dangerous to run outside? Yes, but should it be? And that's where I think as a society, we just, as a, as a field, we refuse to dig into this. The danger should be in an ideal world. Well, you know, you might step in a hole and break your ankle. Yeah, I, I, this is exactly what I said on Monday, you know. I called my youth group pastor. Um, I called my buddies, and we were kind of dealing with the, you know, I was I was asking for wisdom. I was like, I've got to talk about this. I don't have a lot of good to say right right now, and where I where I netted out was if you want to if you want to nitpick the coverage, okay, go for it. I'm not here to have that conversation. Like that's all that's all that you you guys can argue amongst yourselves but if we can't agree that it's a bad situation that someone can't go for a run at 4:30 without fear of being abducted and murdered yeah abducted sexually assaulted and murdered here? exactly that's that like, is that is precisely well, I, it. That, that that was what just drove me insane. That is precisely it, and that is as a society, you have to look at that as a as a as a journalist. You have to the story that must be told is okay. It was dangerous for her to go run at four thirty in the morning, but it damn shouldn't be. She should be able to get up in the morning. Neil, Neil, not not to cut you off, but uh, this is a detail that so uh, Julia Baker, who who wrote the first story. Included in her story was the detail because she was basically running, you know, half a mile from the University of Memphis campus. Yeah. Well, the first at the at, in her story, she included that if you are a student at the U of M and you don't feel safe, you can request you can request an escort to walk you, you know, to your classes. And I was sitting there going, holy hell, that is depressing. It is. It is. And I, and I, and like, that's the reality. Like, what was so sad about that story is Liza was probably wrong place, wrong time. Like, in the end, I think that guy was probably camped out by the U of M to go and try and abduct a student. Well, Liza happened to be running and, and like, but it's just the fact that the fact that you can't just go to class without the fear of something horrific happening. Like, yeah, that's a problem. It is. That's, and that's a- we can we can argue about all the societal, but like 
can we just shut up and sit there and go, let's fix this problem first? Yeah, that's my point. That's exactly you put it better than I could have put it. That's exactly right. You have to acknowledge that. Like I, I have a friend whose daughter is, is a freshman at the University of Memphis, and she spent the night at home last night, and they're thinking about moving her home. Well, I mean, then I mean, like, I guess the, the other thing was super depressing. So, Leah, you know, uh, I don't know how much you've been keeping up, but carjackings are just at an all-time high, and a lot of them are happening at gas stations and about in broad daylight oh my brother my brother is six foot one 220 pounds his car got carjacked at the corner of poplar and ridgeway at like 4 30 in the afternoon broad daylight and you know one of my one of my lifelong friends has a rule that his wife can only get gas on Poplar, like basically within like two miles of their house during daylight hours. And the thing that kind of struck me when he was telling me this is first, my reaction is that's smart. And then second was the fact that I'm going that smart. Like that's just, so depressing and when my brother's car got carjacked you know he calls the cops and their first reaction was yeah we we average about 13 to 14 of those in this intersection basically a week and furthermore they knew that they knew that the guys that had stolen the car we're driving down Poplar. The car had been spotted, yet the cops go, "Yeah, we can't, we can't follow them until until the perpetrators do something else. Like we we can't do anything." And so now we've created the society where police cannot police, and like in the end, no one likes law enforcement. In the theoretical sense, we, we can all agree, like, it's it's just another extension of the man. But when you legitimately prevent law enforcement from enforcing the law, you have a societal problem. And it'd be wonderful to live in a society where you don't need law enforcement. I just don't see that society. And I'm, be, I'm willing to... Your examples. No, it's, but, you're exactly right. It's the reality versus utopia thing that is always at the core of some of these arguments. In a in a utopia world, a lot of things are the way that we wish they would be, but that's not how things really are. And so I was talking to someone in Memphis yesterday, someone I called to check on, who was talking about just how short, you might know the number better than me, just how short the Memphis Police Department is right now on They've lost a lot of people, just a lot of officers just quit. I mean, they moved on to do other things. They retired early or, or whatnot, and they can't, they can't replace them. And when you, when you don't have law enforcement and you trust people to just obey the laws, most of us do. But those that don't, if, they're, if they can't be arrested and prosecuted, kind of sends a message. Well, I mean, I don't even know. Like the, I know they were trying – like they are recruiting – very, very hard. And of course, 
you know, then we had a wonderful public debate of whether or not, you know, if, if you could bring in law enforcement from other counties to work here. And then, of course, that becomes a debate. And it's just like the 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 perfect the perfect microcosm of of where we were. We hired a new chief of police. I can't remember if it was last summer. You know, it's it's been in the last year or so. Her first week in Memphis, she was robbed twice. The chief of police? Yes. And then the best part is uh, people then trying to blame her because, uh, well, she had her guns in the car. And that was when it, that was kind of the first, because I believe that occurred before my brother's incident. That was kind of the first, oh, we're, we got a real problem here. When, when the conversation about someone getting their car broken into and burglarized is, well, what was she doing with her guns in the car? That I, I feel like we've lost the plot at that point. No doubt. There is no segue here, um, so we'll try to have a little fun here. I, 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 do, I will be thinking of you all day today. I know this is a, a heavy day to try to do four hours of, of radio in Memphis with a um, two completely different shows. And so, well, I, I know what the answer is. Let's talk some Iowa. <laughs> we'll get to the Hawkeyes. We'll get to the Hawkeyes because everybody's taking shots at my boys. By the way, week two of you digging into non-SEC football games. Yeah, what the hell was that? Hey, hey, listen, I, I, I don't want to. at least put a horse race that's already happened in? Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Unlike... Unlike a lot of things, this is not a lawless society. This is a, this is a, this is a dictatorship. This is a dictatorship. Like, no, we're, we acknowledge that, that you are the czar. I don't know what, I don't know what title you would like. (laughs) I commander. I I like czar. I like czar is good. You know, I make, I I tell you what games you pick and you pick those games and that's the way it works. I don't want to hear a bunch of pushback. I told you to pick the Iowa, Iowa state game and you all did it. You might not have liked it, but you did it. You, you want to were, talk about criminal punishment. You're a loyal serfs is what you are. Yes. All right, let's get to a few of these SEC. Brainwashed is what we are. And I, I commend you. In fact, you should be studied. <laughs> I really should. Um, I don't know. There's there's four 11 a.m. games. We're not going to get to all of them. Is there one that sticks out to you as the most interesting? Is it weird if I say Missouri, Kansas State? No, because that's the one that's most interesting <laughs> to me, too. I mean, first and foremost, I picked Alabama to cover, so be it. Yeah. I just want you yeah, to whatever. Know, those those young men from Tuscaloosa, ladies and gentlemen, first half Alabama is back and back with a vengeance. So just first half, lay it. I don't even care what the number is. Just lay it and, and move on. But there's something weird about that Kansas State-Missouri game because I may have sprung the trap. I may have gone full like SpongeBob SquarePants. But I'm not sure Kansas State should be favored by eight at home. It's a big number. Yeah, I, I, I wanted Missouri to suck. I watched the whole thing, almost cheering for them to suck, and they didn't suck. No, they, they were very tried okay. To suck. They tried to suck, and like in spite of themselves, they were able to like just kind of blow out La Tech. But it's possible that Louisiana Tech really sucks. Sure. Again, we talked about this last week. You know, what do you do with that game? Because the point seemed. It seemed like that was way too many, and in fact, Missouri had even kind of turned it over a couple of times to let La Tech back in the game, 
and then Missouri just kind of pounced and, and you know put them away. But I'm this is my working theory, and I'm curious to know how y'all feel about this. So I looked at the numbers yesterday in week one, and I, and I understand Kansas State is a, a power five program, but power five programs against G5 programs went 27 and one in week one. And furthermore, they went, I'm sorry, they went 20, uh, 25 and one. They also went 19 and six against the spread. And if you look at the previous five years, as far back as I could go, you know, it was essentially either 500 or, you know, a little above, a little, little below 500 against the spread. I think we're finally seeing what's happened with when everyone kept saying the gap is widening, the gap is widening. I think we're now seeing it on the field. And we can make all our jokes we want about Missouri, but they've been able to buy some players. And I find it hard to believe that Kansas State's that much. I I find it hard to believe that a Big 12 program has that, that much more talent than an SEC program. Yeah, I suspect that I screwed up here. I'm the only one that laid the points with no, K- I, I, K-State. No, you can tell me, like, Chase and I are going to yeah. be idiots. Be like, oh, well, they, they were daring us to take Missouri, and we, we fell for the trap. Martinez is not a good quarterback. Vaughn's a really Can't good run- Yeah, Vaughn's a really good running back. I mean, he, he's a legitimately – he's a legitimate weapon. All the- he's like the most fun player to watch at 11 a.m. on yeah. FS1. Yeah, he's. I think he's going to play in the NFL. I think he's going to find a role. I mean, he's just explosive as hell, and he might give them fits. And I do think K State's pretty good on defense. I don't know. Why do I feel like Saban wants to run this up this week? Because he does. Oh, he's on the he's on the he's on the kill everyone tour. Yeah, yeah. He's angry. And here, maybe this is me falling for the trap. But did you notice that Sark was already? Sark was doing the thing that you would do after you got killed. Before, before he, he got, got killed. killed. Yep. Yep. Sark he saw that Oregon Georgia game. He knows he knows what's coming. Well, and then did y'all hear Kirby after that game? Yeah. Kirby Kirby was like, Yeah, you know, we've got better players. <laughs> well, Kirby also did that thing where he said, you know, we talked to the players before the before the game about, hey, we've had some problems here before with guys get complacent. Good players come in as early and they don't really ever improve. It's because they're not hungry. And, and you can tell. I read into that the culture's changed at Georgia. I read into well, that. And also, Georgia's a monster. The other reason why I like Alabama this week is I think last week was Georgia's opportunity to say, we're still here. And holy hell, did they say we're still here? Mm-hmm. Like they got a megaphone and said we're still here and Alabama against Utah State like they that was name your number I mean they could have done the same thing but the thing that was fascinating to me is Georgia beat Oregon in the same fashion that Alabama beat Utah State and I expect a similar result in in Austin on Saturday I do too I think Alabama Saban knows that the eyes of the country were not on the Utah State game they, yeah. they will be on the Texas game. <laughs> and Listen, Chase made this point in, in picks, and he's right. If Texas wasn't prepared emotionally, physically, and otherwise for Arkansas last September, all due respect to the Razorbacks, what the hell's going to happen now? Uh, and I, I think it's a fair point. I guess the one thing you could say is we've seen a lot of dreams go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and die. 
sure. at least but, this one's at home. Yeah. But, uh, maybe. Uh, but I mean, that game, rather, I don't know. That would, game, would you, I think you would rather s- be beheaded. Would you rather be beheaded in a foreign country or, or, or in front of your friends and family? Yeah. I just think what happened in the, at the line of scrimmage in Fayetteville, if that gets replicated by a team that has the skill players to match, oh, God. I, it, I just think Quinn Ewers is going to wish that he'd be in his car that's getting towed. Yeah. I think so, too. Speaking of Arkansas, we all took the hogs and laid the eight and a half. It's kind of like the opposite of what we're talking about. Like, at least none of us were consistent in our thought process. I guess Chase and I, no, no, we weren't. No, you, at least you were consistent. Yeah. You were you were like, okay, well, this, these two numbers don't make sense, so let's let's try it. Let's, let's go with that. I just look at South Carolina last year when they played Tennessee and Heupel runs the same offense. They they just ran up and down on on South Carolina, and I, I don't know. I, I guess like this is me just going like I, I'm I'm somewhat with Chase when he was you know they're getting too much love, but at the same time like if you tell me this game ends up being a one score game, I'm not sitting there going no, like sure. oh you're high. Yeah, my thing with it is is the way to beat Arkansas right now is to have a passing game, and I just am not willing to bet much on Spencer Rattler. I mean, dude is erratic. I mean, maybe he puts it together this week and he becomes the great Heisman contender. I'm just not. There's no. Yeah, I mean, there's no sign talented, that that's coming. So maybe he has the blackout game and, and plays well. well. You know what I mean? Like we've Zach Calzada beat Alabama. It, it feels like we're have, we're losing perspective, or there is a portion of the media losing perspective on Carolina. That a positive season for Shane Beamer, where we kind of believe in Beamer as a coach. It's still seven and five. It's not ten and two. Well, which means they're going to get beat. And the other thing that we're doing, for whatever reason, is we're refusing. We as a as a media entity, we're sort of refusing to give Sam Pittman and Arkansas credit for what they've done, which is they've the teams they've lost to in the last season plus. Georgia, Alabama, an Ole Miss team that went to the Sugar Bowl, and they lost that game by one point, and they lost to Auburn. They've beaten everybody else. Yeah, and, and further, like, my boy 16-7-1 against the number. He yeah. covers. He's a consistent spread guy. He always knows the number. Um, hey, Tennessee, four, minus four and a half at Pittsburgh – I think we all went balls and laid the points. Yeah, and I hate this, but I could. I, I was going to be madder at myself the other way, so that was. I just it was mental security it, here. No, it's. I had the same. This is LSU two for me. Yeah. So I, I looked it up. If you wanted Pittsburgh, you should take them to win the game. I have a tougher time envisioning Pittsburgh winning the game than I do Tennessee winning the game because. If you think back even to, to last week with Pitt, man, there were a lot of receivers that got open. And I actually thought JT Daniels played pretty well. Yeah. And I thought some guys could have made plays that could have made that game different. But really what that game boiled down to was a deep curl route went through the hands of a receiver for a pick six. And then they're marching down the field. Like Pitt, Pitt couldn't stop West Virginia would any of us have a problem saying Tennessee's better than West Virginia? No, not at all. All right, we don't That's have you. Where lo- I netted out. You got to roll, uh, but I do want to get your last thoughts on this. Here's a question. Got okay, two minutes. If Cam Rising doesn't throw a pick on that last throw and instead throws a touchdown, yeah, and Utah beats Florida in what was a classic game, 
Are we viewing this Kentucky-Florida game differently? Are we overreacting badly to what we saw in week one? I most certainly hope so. Because uh, to me, like I'm doing the, oh yeah, this would make perfect sense for Florida to have that outstanding debut last week and then turn around and lose to Kentucky. The thing that was interesting to me was Billy Napier's, the way he coached the final like three minutes. I mean, Florida was trying to run out the clock. The running back like tried to go down inbounds to run clock because they knew they couldn't get a stop. The way that I kind of look at it is I don't think I think Kentucky's going to be better equipped to keep Richardson from like just single handedly beating them. I mean, he's obviously a tremendous and special athlete, so he's going to make his plays. But I don't see Kentucky letting him just get outside on them all night to the extent that Utah did. And so this is just, you know, me going, I think there was an overreaction with Florida. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It, there's also this, I feel like Florida this year is going to be the team you want as an underdog. I don't know if you're going to want them as a favorite. Oh, yeah, could be. Hey, I know you got stuff to do. Uh, best of luck today. We'll be thinking of you, and um, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. That was Jeffrey Wright, uh, 92.9 ESPN in Memphis, kind enough to spend every Thursday morning with us here during the football season. So appreciate you guys. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the other stuff for a minute. 
I thought we should should. Yeah, I mean, I said so we, you and I both communicated with Jeffrey yesterday. That was uh, that was important to do. Yeah. All right. Some of the games we didn't get to, uh, Chase. We didn't get to uh, a game that I love from a betting standpoint. I, ex- I absolutely love Auburn minus twenty three against San Jose, I, and I, it's not because I think Auburn's going to be awesome. I just think Auburn's going to be pretty good on defense, and I think they they're still doing the two quarterback thing and. I love them covering this line. Yeah, quick aside real quick, two things. Uh, yes, one, Dawson Knox definitely got paid yesterday four years, 53, for the Bills oh, tight end. Congratulations um, to him. Yeah, he's 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 in Buffalo for at least the next four seasons. And then uh, if you're not noticing this somewhere else, we are back on Apple. So just heads up there. If you were using Apple previously, you can use Apple again. We would prefer Spotify because I trust it more, but feel free to go back to your – as I had a buddy call me and go, hey, that purple podcast app's not working. And I went, the Apple one? He goes, yeah. And I said, okay, well, here, let's do let's let, let's do this. The one thing we have discovered is just how many of our people were on Apple. A lot. <laughs> we, we had the analytics, but I had a very concrete notice, noticing of that yesterday. So That was quite the exhale yesterday afternoon. It was. I was getting frustrated. Yes. Yeah. All right, sorry, Auburn. Yeah, look, I, I took them to cover, too. Um, San Jose State, this is not the San Jose State that was a little spunky with Starkle quarterback there for a little while. Auburn is going to be physical. They're going to play defense. They're going to run the football. I'm a little fascinated by this Robbie Ashford thing. Um, it's – I'm already looking forward to next week with it's Auburn. It's intriguing. Auburn-Penn State's going to be an interesting game. It is. Both teams can get a really big win that will shape at least the early part of their schedule because the loser goes, oh, God, that wasn't good. Because neither team is good enough to be okay with a loss in that game next week. But no, I mean, it, yeah, it just. Look, I mean, I can do some math and go, well, okay, I could see forty-one twenty-four and Auburn not cover. But this feels this feels like Auburn wins this game by twenty-five to thirty points and sort of walks away with it late. I mean, I know they weren't great against Mercer, but yeah, I again, I would not be comfortable taking San Jose State and just hoping Auburn doesn't run the ball, run the, run the score up as this game moves on. Because, frankly, Harson needs a little confidence. He needs to go. If he can put him away, he needs to put him away. Well, and I think he wants to win by as much as he can. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he, he wants, needs style points. Yeah, he's he's trying to prepare for the, the coup that's coming. <laughs> he needs all the ammunition he can get at Well, I just – this is – you have to understand the dysfunction that is Auburn to understand why people like me who are kind of familiar with it are predicting a bunch of Auburn wins. I mean, it just – they win when their people don't want them to win. When the powers that be are ready to initiate the coup is typically when they go win games that no one thought they'd win. And they could beat Penn State. They could beat LSU. And suddenly they're kind of hot. Now the schedule gets brutal. they got to come here, for example – Sure. But there's a lot there. It's SEC. You're going to get goofy stuff because that's just what happens with all of these programs with people that are so emotionally invested. You're going to have you're going to have drama. You You think multiple coaches are out at the end of the year? They typically are. Because what makes sense from a common because somebody sense. has to suck. Well, then. because the losses have to be emotional. Well, that's what you were talking like, take about. O, take Ole Miss, for example, right? Yeah, sure. Let's take Ole Miss, for example. We, we go, well, you know, eight and four. But, boy, that back half is tough. And when you do that in July as a thought exercise, people are like, yeah, you know, that game at College Station's hard. That's, that's going to be tough. 
Well, in this scenario where you actually go lose the game at College Station, the actual day that you lose the game is emotional. You're pissed off. You're angry. No, it's the comment you use all the time is there's a difference in a paper loss. Yeah. A paper loss, you go, oh, well, okay, I understand. Yeah. That's not the guy that's tailgating with his beer. It goes, God, uh, I spent four hours for this shit. The guy that spent $400 on a plane flight to Houston, yeah. rented a car, went the to The AD station. walking out and having fans yell at him. Yeah, goes, it's oh, different. It. It's different. I'm not saying Lane Kiffin gets in trouble because Lane Kiffin's not getting in trouble for anything on the field at all. <laughs> no. I mean, he's <laughs> basically a deity here. But if yeah. you told me that Drinkwitz, Harson, I mean, If I had to pick two, it's Drinkwitz and Harson. But both the – Leach. Oh, um, you know, if it went badly, sure. I've, I've covered this league. People make emotional decisions every November. Because I mean, you're, you're going to get there in a minute. Saturday's a game state can't lose. Oh yeah, no, they they, they lose that. That becomes very indicative. Yeah. No, they. He's got to win games. And look, that game in, into November on Thanksgiving night. I know what I. It's so easy in September to go. Well, you know, it's on the road. It's Ole Miss. But it's going to be an emotional thing for them that night when you're in the stadium and the fans are yelling at you, and Ole Miss puts some smart ass thing up on the scoreboard. Six and six state losing to Ole Miss for Lane to get his ninth win, and you've lost that three in a row, and suddenly that is anything but a paper loss. Yeah, that yeah. is a pissed off bunch going oh my god and that? maybe a couple of kids get mad and yeah, do something yeah, yeah. stupid and like i said Ole Miss put some snarky thing and on the board and, and all of a sudden on friday morning people pissed off and they go you know what not working no nope you don't think that could happen <laughs> we've seen that happen <laughs> i mean <laughs> hell it's likely yeah. i mean so yeah no i don't i it i I'm ne- I'm going to try to never be the guy as long as I'm doing this that at the beginning of the season goes oh all these guys are safe no nope, most of these guys are not safe and the ones that are super safe are the ones that are going to win I mean the new guys Brian Kelly's not getting fired after one year at LSU Billy Napier's not going to get fired after one year at Florida but no I mean you know Clark Lee's going to get a long leash so it's a short list of who could who could end up kind of biting it but. It, there's a list. I, I don't see any way Clark Lee's fired. No. The no. hell are you firing Clark Well, no, they're going to give him a lot of time. Yeah, come on. He's, he's actually makes sense. He can go 2-10 the rest, like 0-10 oh the rest of the way and be fine. Yeah, he's making, he's making a difference there. They're better. If you talk to football people about Vandy, the one thing that they will tell you is that, hey, they're going to lose a whole bunch of games, but they're better. Well, there, there's some signs that they're getting better. That's it. Look, I get it's Wake, and we don't respect Wake. Wake really is some perennial football program, but it's a ranked team. Probably with their should. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ranked team with their quarterback returning. I mean, that's we're if we're even contemplating that Vanderbilt has a chance to stay competitive in that game, it means they are better. Yeah, there is a respect in that that we're even having the conversation. Well, his team his team is playing hard. Look at the team that came to Oxford last November. Ole Miss was tired, flat, yeah, hurt. But it was Van- just get through it. But. but Vandy played really hard that night. They did. That I think that told you something about their culture. That a little sign of it. Because they sucked. They had every reason in late November to be like, hey man, this is almost over. Let's just get through this. And that's not what they did. They came and played really, really hard, made Ole Miss play. 
Walk-On's Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus televisions and with more than 40 ice-cold beers on tap. Visit them today in Oxford or Ridgeland. Uh, Walk-On's host the Pete's Pigskin Preview with Pete Deweese. That's going to air this evening, uh, this afternoon, 4 p.m. on the live stream. If you want to watch it in premiere form, you can. If you want to watch it later, and um, you can do that as well. Got a lot of um, a lot of stuff coming to you on the live stream today. Let's see, we've got uh, McCready and Siski at 2 Powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Then Pete Show, The Butcher versus The Spin Instructor, presented by LB's Meat Market at 6. And that will lead into uh, Chase and I with Hand Raised Guys tonight at 7, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Um, ben Mintz will join in hour number one. Really good interview with Ben. I was, it was like the best one I think we've ever done. We talked a lot of NFL. Went through every single NFL game for week one. So if you're looking for some betting tips, it's the kind of something I think we we've always wanted to do is kind of have a little bit of an NFL thing late in the week, and it's been hard to figure out how to to do it. Maybe we've stumbled upon it. So we'll talk NFL. Bills and Rams kick it off tonight. Speaking of Dawson Knox, the Bills are in Los Angeles to play the defending Super Bowl champs, and then we'll take your calls um, after that. So it should be a a busy day here on the uh, on the network. Glad everything is back running appropriately. It would have been a problem if it was not today. Neil had a Neil had a deadline on when his blood pressure was going to go up, and it would have yeah. been, it would have passed by now. I was going to be pissed. It would have been a problem right now. I was approaching pissed. Were you yesterday? Yeah, you were. Well, I was irritated. Yeah. I, there was. <laughs> I'm an action person. You know, everybody has flaws and strengths, and I actually think this is a strength on my part. Okay. I do. Like, I, I know it's cool to be super laid back. I get it. Like, it's really cool to be, like, laid back. Hey, everything's going to work out. It's going to be fine. Until it's not. Well, I, I, I will. You'll, you'll get some insight here. Was, we had an issue yesterday morning with something, and I needed to deal with it. I'm trying to keep specifics out. And Neil's phrase to me was, hey, don't do the southern nice thing, was his response yeah. to me. And there are times where he is completely correct, and there's times where Honey gets more flies, and we don't go in with a bazooka. And we were getting to bazooka phase yesterday. Was as we were. Well, the honey we were wasn't working. Yes, the honey was not attracting the gnat at that moment. And so, so at some point, you got to look at it and go, "That doesn't work." And um, you know, people are like, "Well, I'm going to nudge." Well, you know what? I'm going to push. You nudge, I'll shove, and we'll see which one works. And. Um, Turns out that shoving worked. Mm, yeah, sort of. Well, yeah, it's, it's a little more complicated. Than a little that. more complicated than that. But yeah. the next, the, the step after shoving is threatening. Yes, we were we were approaching the threatening phase. You mentioned it in passing at the open, but Iowa State getting three and a half at Iowa. In all honesty, how do we even sort of handicap this football game for Saturday? I think you're going to see Iowa make a quarterback change if things don't go. Oh, really? If things don't go well out of the gate. Now, here's the part of Iowa's performance last week that nobody talked about. Because, Is defense? Yeah, everybody talked about the punter because, ha-ha, and I used a picture of the punter. Everybody talked about the offense being anemic, and it was. People talked about Brian Ferentz and, and the um, nepotism that is involved in, in his still being the offensive coordinator at Iowa. 
What nobody really talked about was defensively, they were dominant. They really looked great on defense. And they get Iowa State at home. They've dominated the series. I kind of think this is a, a Vegas trap game. They set the line kind of low. People are like, oh, that's it? And they're taking Iowa State. A lot of people are taking Iowa State as their money line dog. I just think Iowa's better. Doesn't mean Iowa's great, because they're not, but I do think there are signs that a quarterback change is coming. That's a fun game, by the way. I don't know how often you've watched that game. I mean, they don't like each other. Not where I have any knowledge. And it's a fun game. I'm going to turn that bad boy on at 3 o'clock. Because I figure Ole Miss kicks off at 6. I need to be in the stadium by about 5.59. Well, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, 6.05 is fine. I mean, there's just not – I don't anticipate there being – Cruz apparently hits touchback, so you're good for even a few more minutes. (laughs) I just don't think there's a lot to write from – Because college football still loves the commercial kick commercial. Yeah. So, uh, I'm shocked you took Florida here. I'm mad at myself. I I woke up going, hold on a minute. I'm mad at myself. Well, I've heard Kentucky has chaos. Rodriguez is still out. Rodriguez is out. It sounds like it's an NCAA thing. Ooh. And there are some rumblings that there's more NCAA stuff to come, which would prove you to be prophetic because you've long said they're the ones. They're the ones. They're not going to hit the big boys. They're going to hit a middle boy. Yeah. And Kentucky is the definition of a middle boy. It's a scalp. It's a scalp. It's an SEC program. Whole deal. Yeah, but it's sure. not one that changes the. And it's not the basketball team. Right. So. That's that. And the other thing, I've talked to some football people who do not like what they saw from Kentucky from an offensive line standpoint from protecting Levis. Now, we'll tell you this. Everybody's making fun of Levis. He turned it on. Like the NFL happens. people absolutely loved what they saw um, from Levis in that Miami game. He made, he made NFL money on Saturday. Levis is the real deal. If we didn't have SEC interest that were needed in multiple ways, Baylor and BYU would be a top three game on Saturday. It might be anyway. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot. Because BYU went and looked really good, but it was South Florida. They suck. I mean, they have sucked for a long time. South Florida was so bad when we wrote the Charlie Wise Jr. things, we went, hey, but it's South Florida. I'm not holding shit against you. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. Literally. Yeah, like, ah, whatever. All right. Yeah, it was cool. like, well, you know, they weren't very good. I mean, yeah, they weren't, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But Baylor's good. Baylor's a, a program that has – I mean, Ole Miss knows pretty intimately at this point. Aranda's solid. Like, Baylor's the type of team that can go to BYU and be fine. They're going to be intimidated by Provo, for God's sake. Oh, no. And so they're athletic. They're physical. They're good on defense. This is this – is given three. This is an – I'm not – BYU's giving three. Sorry. I love Baylor plus the three. Yeah, I took BYU just for the fun of it more than anything else. It's week two. But listen, like if you the Ole Miss game's at six, realistically it's over by eight. I mean, if you're getting back to the hotel or back to the bar or whatever, we got ESPN gives you a gift here at nine fifteen. That's got a chance to be a really good game. Physical, well coached. This, this it's got good game written all over it, and it's and it's interesting. Look, Baylor, Baylor could win the Big Twelve. Oh, 100. Any, any of those three teams can win the Big 12. And if Baylor wins the Big 12, a win at BYU might end up looking really good on their resume. If you're putting a list together of what team could be the fourth team, Baylor's on that list. Might not be after Saturday, but they're on it today. 
Arizona, Mississippi State, it's a nine-point line. I think we all took the Bulldogs, right? Yeah. It's two things. These are the kind of defenses that don't have the athletes that can take away the air raid. Yeah, because you go up, you tackle, you're fast side to side, and you just make them constantly miss third downs, and you make them punt the ball. That's the way to do that. I don't know how much of State you watched last week, but Rodgers was really, really accurate. Yeah, sure. And so if he's going to play that way, and I think he is, against teams like this, I think – Arizona's a little better, but State is so competent in that offense at this point with Rodgers that I just think they score points. I do too. I think they score a bunch of points and cover – an eight-point line or whatever it is. It's nine. That line's actually jumped a bunch this week. Oh, has it really? Yeah, it's like 11. Uh, Bill's giving two and a half, by the way, in our NFL game tonight against the Rams. Yeah, and I, I don't – I'm always nervous when the whole country is on one side. And picking against the home team in one of these Thursday kickoff things, even though I get L.A. has no fan base from the standpoint of, like, comparatively to teams that really have – Home yeah, there, there'll be a ton of Bills fans there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you see all the – It's going to be a great uniform game, as long as the Rams don't screw it up. If the Rams wear their, their home uni – Don't wear bone. Yeah, if the Rams wear their home uniform and the Bills wear that white on white with the – Oh, such a good look. Top story – or the top ticker story on ESPN this morning is that Matthew Stafford had an off-season procedure on his right elbow – to deal with the pain he experienced last season and help prepare for this season. According to sources, he feels better today than he did at this time last year. Something the quarterback appeared to confirm Sunday when he said there were no limitations on his elbow. Um, yeah. they're gonna ma- The team's plan is to manage Stafford's elbow pain. Pain is, quote, no different than what it did for the quarterback last season. So you have no issues with Stafford throwing 50-plus passes during Thursday's season opener against the Bills. I think it's going to be a great game tonight. Home team, someone just points out, John does in the thread, uh, home team is 16-4 and four in these yeah. kickoffs. Well, didn't lose one for a long time. You've covered one, Saints-Colts. Yes. That was a, a mauling. Yeah, I'm aware. Thanks. I remember that night from where I was. Nobody was beating the Colts that night. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it, that place was it so... It has shifted some since then when it was... That place was so emotional that night. It was crazy. That city was – I'll, I'll never forget it. I mean, I was – I got into Indianapolis early that day and my hotel was down there near Monument Circle and the big concert was going on all day and it was just packed with – apparently the rule that day was that you could not be out in the city of Indianapolis without wearing a Peyton Manning jersey. <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter whether you were four years old or 94 years you old. Had a Peyton. Everybody had on a Peyton Manning jersey. Peyton Manning. You'd see an occasional, uh, uh, what was the running name? Edger and James. Yeah. Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. A couple. But I would guess, nine, no joke, 99.2% or Peyton. Peyton Manning. Blue and white. And that place, that was in the old RCA dome yeah. because they were building Lucas Oil at the time. And that place was so loud. The it se- was so – you couldn't hear – you couldn't hear the person right next to you. And that was just during pregame. And when the Colts got rolling, night-night. The Saints won their kickoff game but not play well. They beat the Vikings like 14-9, 14-10, something like that in 2010. And it was kind of sluggish. But That was against Favre, right? Was he back again that next year? Seems like he was. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could look it up quickly, but I don't remember. 
Adrian Peterson was on that team is what I do remember. But that's all I got. Siski and I are talking some NFL today. We got to make five NFL picks. See, I put this rule on myself on our, my show with him on our Make It Rain Thursdays because I'm trying to not to, like you and I talked about, hey, let's make sure the network's not just a bunch yeah, of sure. repetitive shows. And so I'm telling myself I can't pick SEC games. And it's fine. I'm discovering that I don't have uh, – I don't have the great knowledge outside of the SEC. Not that I have great knowledge inside the SEC, but someone asked me to elaborate on the Kentucky thing. That's all I know. Um, I, I, my first clue on it was Mark Stoops in his Monday presser saying that he wanted to answer questions about availability, but that he had been advised not to. Which you took to mean legal. I took to mean at minimum compliance and likely legal advising compliance to advise him not to talk about it. I mean, dude. And so that's a problem. And if you're watch, waiting for NCAA stuff to resolve, you know how that goes. It's not going to be a quick process. It's not usually. Well, like at, uh, is it LSU with Joe Fuchsia? Fuchsia? The Arkansas transfer, he's not eligible, and suddenly they don't know when he's going to be eligible. Some sort of a transfer paperwork deal not done. He didn't play against Florida State. He's not going to play against Southern. Now there's speculation he's going to miss at least four games and maybe more. These things drag, man. Once you get to that place, they drag, depending on what your compliance is like. Emmanuel Sanders retires, two-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, retiring at 35. A couple of news uh, things that are going on out there. Are there any college games tonight? I don't know. Or did the colleges take, oh, we know what's happening with the NFL and – we, yeah, I mean, we bow to you. Your there, there is a deal where I mean, you you cut your own nose off at some point where you go, hey guys, what about Washington State and Utah tonight? <sighs> I'm good, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you go. Ah. Let's see. Oh, we got two wait, two games tomorrow night. They did. They took the night off. Smart. <laughs> bow to the king. <laughs> I do love when I mean it's. We give them these like personification characteristics. And I understand that, but it is really funny when the NFL has something going. Everybody goes, "Nope, not not touching that one." But then the NFL says, "We want to play on Christmas," yeah. and they just play on Christmas. And yeah, go, someone tells the NFL, "The NBA plays on Christmas." <laughs> and <laughs> is there more to the story? <laughs> well, not really. Well, then we're going to play. <laughs> Meanwhile, college football looks at it and goes, "You know, we played the last two Thursdays, and it was great. And we'll play next Thursday." And then someone goes, hey, you know, the Bills and Rams are going to kick off the NFL season on a Thursday night. You know what? We'll play on Friday. It's good. <laughs> nah. Also, it would be hard to talk schools into doing that. Going, hey, Thursday night, right? What are you doing? Yeah, why? It's, it's, a, it's a pain on us logistically. It's my complaint with the Thanksgiving night game. It's, it's why if I'm Ole Miss and I'm in that room, I'm like, we don't like this. I know State likes it. We don't. If I'm Ole Miss, I want my Egg Bowl game at home on Saturday. Or if you insist on me playing it on a non-Saturday, okay, we'll play it on Friday. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play on Thursday night against the NFL. I don't. I'm a big time. Now you run now now today. Don't don't you run into it on Saturday too, or is it just Thursday? No, not that early. Yeah, not you're that early. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah Saturday's college because they do that night game now. The NFL the, does the third game. The NFL doesn't go to Saturday until the college. Well, it was Saints Falcons last year. Yeah, it was Saints Falcons. And during the middle of the egg bowl, and the year before that, it was Saints Bills. Was it okay? I think so. I just don't want to go up against the NFL. And if I'm 
the SEC or Ole Miss or whoever it is that gets to argue about it, I'm arguing. I'm already doing the holiday thing, which eats into your crowd, I think. You've already got the potential for weather getting into you at the end of November. It can get wet and cold here. And the Rams do wear a lot of white at home. Yeah, it could be white. Yeah, and the Bills the Bills blue is That's beautiful. Fine. It's great. So it's, it's going to be a good uniform game. Most NFL games are great. Again, as long as, the, as long as the Rams don't wear bone, it is fine. When they wear that dingy dishwater thing, that's their only I issue. hate that. Thankfully, they I think they lost in it. So I'm, they, I'm not in the minority on the Thanksgiving thing, am I? In disliking playing that game on that day? I don't know that most people have it for that reason. I agree with you. I don't know that that is the reason. There are look, people like it or don't like it, depending on how badly they want to get in or out of a Thanksgiving situation on Thursday if we're just being completely honest. Well, I get honest. that. That is the, – the, the family situation and whether they need an excuse or they don't want to miss something, it, it there's nothing like an egg bowl to determine what you truly feel like – feel about your family situation at Thanksgiving <laughs> because when you see that Thursday game, you either go, ah, oh, damn it, I'm, I'm, I got a problem or – Thank God. It's going to get me out of the house. Yeah. Uh, game. Got to leave by five. Oh, whoa. Hey, yeah. tailgate. Bring yeah. the turkey. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's some of that stuff. Um, but most people would prefer it be played on Saturday, right? Yeah. I mean, there is a part that goes, no, I want to be the only college football game going. But you're not the only game going. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to find it I'm because I'm curious. We got a minute, right? I mean, sure. Whatever. We started early. We're good. Uh, I'm looking for the... Do you want a college football schedule? No, I'm looking for the NFL schedule for – I've got it right here. So, NFL week 12. Okay, I think you're going to get a break this year. The three Thanksgiving Day games this year, Buffalo is at Detroit, 1130. The Giants are at the Cowboys at 330 on Fox. And then that night, the NBC Thanksgiving night game is the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. So you got a chance that it's not just a super appealing game. But Yeah, they didn't throw you the whoa. Right? What I'm about to say is not a criticism of Ole Miss or Mississippi State or college football in general, but your 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 just football fan typically is going to watch the pro game before he watches the college game. You're not going to get the eyeballs that you would have gotten if you were the only show in town. There's three Christmas games today about this year, by the way. Is that right? Yeah. At noon, they are doing Green Bay at Miami. At 3.30, they're doing Denver at L.A., the Rams. And their night game is Tampa Bay at Arizona. Look at the slate of NFL games on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day? Sunday, January the 1st. Listen to this. Arizona at Atlanta, Chicago at Detroit, Denver at Kansas City, Miami at New England, Indianapolis at the Giants, Saints at the Eagles, Carolina at Tampa Bay, Cleveland at Washington, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, Jacksonville at Houston, Niners go to Vegas, Jets go to Seattle, Minnesota at Green Bay. And then you just got really excited for a night game. I mean, damn. Rams, Chargers? Yeah. And then Monday night, it's Bills- Bengals. Bengals, which is potentially a battle for the AFC. So what days seat. are the playoff games? 31st, right? Yes. Yeah, right. And see, that's to your point. The NFL goes, yeah, college football, y'all get New it's Year's a Day. Sunday. Nah, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and college football goes, you know what? Even the Sugar Bowl, even the Rose Bowl, the two bowls that are like, oh, no, no, no. We play. Well, what's the Sugar Bowl going to do? Go head-to-head -head with Rams Chargers? That's what I'm saying. Oh, even, yeah. even the Sugar Bowl goes, all right, we'll move. 
And you have to understand it. And, and, and if you're a casual fan and you don't get this, I, it's perfectly understandable. It means you have a life. The Sugar Bowl digs in deep. Oh, on, no, no. New Year's night belongs to us. And the Rose Bowl believes that the sun, the reason yes. that the sun sets right there is because of the Rose Bowl. They believe that God looked ahead. New Year's Day at 6 or whatever yeah. that is, and that's the... They believe that God looked ahead and said, you know, I'm going to set the sun right here so that in the third quarter of the Rose Bowl... It is a great scene. It is awesome. It is a picturesque scene. I mean, I watch it every year just to watch it. I always go, I'm not going to fall for it, and then I fall for it. No, I won't even not be watching the Rose Bowl and go, hold on, what time is it? Yeah, let's see. Oh, you put the third quarter, and the sun's kind of setting, and gorgeous. I'm with Cole. I think the Egg Bowl belongs on a Friday. Let it be that Friday night game after – Missouri, Arkansas. Have a doubleheader. Yeah, I'm good with that. It's fine. Does that interfere with high school football? Is that the problem? High school that championships? Would be the semifinals, I think. So you wouldn't be to a state finals yet. No. Then I'm all in. Yeah, you should be. Fo- well, I mean, no, the Friday night, there will be Friday night semifinal games. That Arkansas, Missouri game typically starts at 1 30 on Friday. Okay. Play that bad boy at like 5 o'clock. You are interfering with semifinals. Okay. I mean, fine, whatever. Yeah, I'm good with that. I mean, nothing against the high school kids, but come on. It will will affect six times two, 12 teams. Yeah. 14 starting next year. Kick that thing off at 5 o'clock on Black Friday. Yeah. Go right after Arkansas, Missouri. Um, 5 o'clock. That'd be awesome. Little soccer thing here. In case you are headed, don't be stupid. I'm seeing on ESPN here, fans traveling to the uh, 2022 World Cup will not be able to take alcohol for personal consumption into into Qatar, with the head of the country's safety and security committee saying that, quote, specific measures are in place to take action against anyone attempting to smuggle liquor in their luggage. Although alcohol is strictly restricted in Qatar, drinking in public can lead to fines of up to 3,000 real uh, or prison sentences up to six months. It can be purchased inside hotels, and the Supreme Committee in charge of the tournaments agreed to make beer provided by World Cup sponsor Budweiser available at stadiums and in fan zones during the World Cup, which begins on November 20th. Um, however, yes, you are if you smuggle it in, you are potentially liable for six months in a Dubai prison. I'm all Let's, in. I'm all in on seeing the World Cup, and when it comes to the U.S. in four years, I'm going to figure out a way. To go to one of those or two of those venues to see sure. games, uh-huh. but I have no interest in going to Cutter. No, nope, no, none. And I wouldn't be the guy smuggling alcohol in. I just, I'm good. Yeah, just, yeah. They are trying to make it available in a lot of places, but you have to get it through the vendors. And they are trying to get that ahead right now for people to be aware before it before it gets here. I was just looking at the, the Christmas. I'm kind of with somebody. Do people go to – I guess most people are through with Christmas by mid-afternoon. What are we talking about? Would you go to an NFL game on Christmas Day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you're done, I mean, a ton of families would have Christmas night too. But for the people who just have the one night, yeah, I mean, it's why Christmas movies are popular. Yeah. You know, there's releases during the holidays on Christmas. Yeah, sure. I'm all in on Christmas Eve football. That's awesome. Oh, that's really good. Everybody's around. Yeah. Just kind of hanging out. I mean, I'm like Christmas Eve might be my favorite day of the year. I don't, I just like it. Do you I'll, like Christmas Eve? I've always liked it. You're it's, Christmas Eve over Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. The anticipation and stuff when you were a kid, Christmas Eve was just fun. 
You get to have football games on all day? Absolutely. You know the NBA is like, I will be so glad when Christmas is back to being on Wednesday. Oh. You know they're you know they're thinking, can we can we just not move Christmas Day to Tuesday through Friday for a while? The problem you have, and I guess they wouldn't go crazy because it's not fair to teams, but if it gets anywhere near Sunday, the NFL goes, eh, still would like games then. Sure. Eh. Yeah, in a couple of years when Christmas is back on Tuesday, the NBA will be like, oh, look at us. We own Christmas again. Yeah, you rent Christmas. Yeah, you own it just because the calendar allowed that. That <laughs> you, bad boy. You rent it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, look, it's a different deal. I mean, you know, they put out their slate or whatever this year, and they kind of staggered it, and it wasn't as big of a deal. Everybody went, yeah, okay, cool, sweet. Also, you knew what teams were basically going to play before it before it came out. So, Lord. Uh, all right, starts the busiest day uh, of the week here on the network. As Neil said, streams kind of throughout the day, podcast in the set, in the system to the point that I uh, I sat down with Glenn Boyce, the Chancellor at Ole Miss yesterday. I will run that sometime in the next 24 hours, but frankly, the feed is so full, I don't know. At some point, we have it, but I don't know. You'll get it. I mean, frankly, it might hold to Monday. There was nothing time-sensitive in it. But uh, I have recorded it. We will have that up. It is uh, it is audio only because I was on site with him, but um, we will have that in our Why didn't you take a video crew? I mean, I could have, I guess. Um, could could have set up my iPhone and then tried to try tried to make it work. Um, I had a little paranoia about my my, my mic uh, picking it up because he sat a little farther away than I thought. And I was kind of like, okay, and I was check, checking levels and kind of staring at it. And I could tell the first couple minutes I was a little jittery as we were uh, as we we're getting going. But nonetheless, huge day. We back tonight to cap it off with you with Henry's guys again. Ben Mintz in the first hour. We'll take your calls and we'll watch Rams and Bills, the first game of the NFL. Regular season coming to you. So enjoy the day. Enjoy RebelGrub.com. Neil's picks are up a couple days away from Ole Miss and Central Arkansas. Talk to you again tonight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.